Good morning. I'm so glad that you've joined me for Are You Up, Babes? I received messages from people um, during the week to say how much the message, encu- message encouraged them. I just want to re- say thank you for those messages of encouragement. I'm so glad that um, God is ministering to you through um, Are You Up, Babes? And really, that's what it's about, that as we look at his word and as we look at how much he loves us, that our lives um, change and are transformed. And I just want today's message to be a message of hope. Um, what do you do? What do you do when everything seems bleak and dark? Um, sometimes we don't know the truth or we know the truth, but no one seems to be listening to the truth. No one seems to be hearing the truth. The truth doesn't seem to be getting out. Businesses are battling. We hear of people starving. Money is tight. Um, And we're hearing more and more of people getting the virus. And life as we knew, life as we knew it seems to be gone. I want to encourage you with the word of God. And I'm going to go right into the Old Testament, the book of 2 Kings from chapter 2. I want to tell you about a man of God by the name of Elisha. Because his story is just incredible. A man of God. And as we are sitting together watching this, you and I are women of God. And so the life of Elisha should be a picture of what our lives should look like. And it starts um, where there was this prophet. He was a man of God. His name was Elisha. And he was walking and there was a river in the way. And he struck the water. And like the Red Sea that we looked at last week, a path opened up in that river for him to walk through. So he walks through the river. And then as he's walking, um, and, you know, I'm compressing the story. I'm literally going to tell you miracle after miracle, signs and wonders that we saw in his life. But really, it's not him walking from one miracle into the next. But as he approaches the town of Jericho, the leaders from that town come to him. They know the prophet of God is there, Elisha, and they come to him, leaders. That's people of influence. And they come to him and they say to him, we're very happy where we stay. The surroundings are really beautiful. We have a problem. The water is bad and the ground, the land is unproductive. And Elisha goes to the source of where they get the water, which is a spring. And he throws salt into the spring. And then he says this, this is what the Lord says. I have purified the water. It will no longer cause death or infertility. Now, as you hear that story, you know, the salt didn't do anything. He was a man of faith. And as he did that act of throwing the salt in, God worked a miracle through his life. And since then, the water remained pure. He then, the story goes on that he makes his way to Bethel. And as he's making his way, there is a group of boys. I would imagine young teenage boys. And they see him and they begin to laugh at him. They begin to mock. They begin to chant, go away, baldy, go away, baldy. And they are making fun of him. And he curses them. And out of the woods immediately, two bears come and they maul, they kill all 42 of the boys. 
Then he goes and you hear of war. So now time is passing between this. It's not miracle, miracle, man of God, miracle. We're just looking at it like that. You see, I'm saying that deliberately because life doesn't always look like a miracle. There is war and the kings are getting ready to go to war. That's not a miracle. There's nothing nice about war. And as they are going, they are traveling through desert and seven days into them traveling, they realize there's no more water. There's no more water for them and there's no more water for the animals. And they call on Elisha, the man of God. And Elisha says to them, um, God will not only flood this ground, desert ground, he will not only flood the ground with water, he will help you to win this war against their enemy who was the Moabites. The next morning, water comes flowing from um, the direction of Edom. It comes flowing like a river down into where they're at and it drenches the land like a flood. I want you to imagine the miracle of that. The Moabites wake up and the sun, the way that the sun is reflecting on the water, they look and they go, look at this river of blood. Our enemies must be dead. Let's go in and plunder. Let's go and take all their stuff. So the enemies go straight into an ambush and they actually get killed by the Israelites. So God works the miracle. Not only did he bring water like a flood, but he helps them to, to have victory over their enemy. Elisha then meets an elderly woman. Her husband was a prophet under Elisha and her husband had now died. And her husband was in debt. He owed a lot of money. And she comes to him and she says to him, she's not only grieved by the fact that she's lost her husband, she's now in a predicament because the people that her husband owed the money to have said to her, they're coming to collect her two sons to pay off the debts. Her two sons are going to become slaves and they are going to work for them because he owed too much money. And she goes to Elisha and she says to him, what do I do? She turns to this man of God in her grief, in her torment. And he says to her, what do you have in your house? And she she knows she has nothing. But I love that he, he, he didn't say, I have a savings account. Let's call for a, um, an offering. He says to her, what do you have in your house? She says, now, it takes faith to look at what you have. Because when we are in a place that is a pit of darkness, you can't even see what you have. And she says, well, I have a little bottle of oil, of olive oil. He says to her, fantastic, go and get as many jars as you can. Go to all the houses, ask them for all their empty coffee jars, for all their empty jars, and collect as many as you can. When you've got all the jars you can get your hands on, go inside, close the door, and begin to pour the oil from that little jar and pour into all those jars. And she does that. Imagine the faith. She believed this man of God goes in and every single jar that she collected gets filled with the olive oil until she has filled the last one and then the oil stops flowing. And it goes on to say that she was able to not only pay off everything she owed, all the debt that she owned, but her and her sons were able to continue to live on what was left over. That's the elderly woman, the poor elderly woman. Then he meets a rich woman and the rich woman invites him over to her house to have dinner with her and her husband. She 
she says to her husband, you know, I think that that is a man of God. Can we not build a small room onto our house, put a bed and a table and a chair and an oil lamp for him that whenever he passes this way, he can just come and rest and, you know, rest here and then continue on. And her husband says, the great idea. And they do that. A while later, Elisha, the man of God, says to his servant Gehazi, he says, what can we do for this woman? She has been so good to me. And they ask her, what do you need? And she says, I have everything I need. And then he says, next year, this time, you will be holding a baby in your arms. And a few months later, she falls pregnant and has a little boy. And just a handful of years pass and the little boy is still small. He's playing in the fields with his father when suddenly he, he, he cries out, he shouts, my head is sore, my head is sore. You know, I imagine he would have gotten something like meningitis. I don't know, my guess. But incredible pain, incredible pain. And his father sends him home in the arms of a servant to take him to his mom. And when the servant gets there, the servant gives him to the mom and she holds him on her lap until noontime. And at noontime, the little boy dies. She takes the boy, puts him up in his room, gets on her donkey, this act of faith. She rides to Elisha. Elisha sees her coming and he says to his prophet, to his servant Gehazi, go and see, that looks like the lady, go and see what is the matter. He sends Gehazi, but she says nothing's wrong. She carries on riding towards Elisha. When she gets to Elisha, the servant wants to push her away, but Elisha says to him, leave her. She is deeply troubled. And she says to Elisha, won't you come home with me? My little boy has died. I know that you can bring him back to life again. She says this to him because he says, go ahead, Gehazi, and he gives Gehazi instructions as to what to do. But she says to Elisha, I won't go home unless you come back with me. How beautiful. What persistency. Not settling. She didn't settle. She was, no, you need to come. And Elisha goes back. The servant wasn't able to do anything, even with the instructions he gave him. But he goes back. He prays to God for this boy. He stretches himself out on this boy, and the boy comes back to life. And the woman is overwhelmed with gratitude for what God has done. Then he meets with a group of prophets, um, and they decide they're going to have some stew together. And one of the prophets decides to collect some herbs to add to the stew, and what he doesn't realize is that one of the things he's picked is actually poison. It's poisonous. And he's grated everything, and he makes the stew. And as the prophets are eating, they have now already tasted the stew. They've had a couple of bites and suddenly they cry out and say, this stew is poisonous. And Elisha takes flour, puts the flour in the stew and tells them it's fine. Now you can carry on eating it. It will not harm you. You know what's interesting is flour symbolizes harmony or welfare. So no one dies, they eat the stew. And then one day a man comes up to Elisha and he says to him, from his first grains, in other words, a tithe, before every, 
before doing anything else with his harvest. From the very first grains, he makes 20 loaves of bread. And he brings it to Elisha. And Elisha says to him, feed everyone. There were 100 people. And he looks at Elisha and he says, there's no way I can feed everyone with this. And he says to him, feed them. There will be some left over. And it goes on that there was plenty for all and some left over just as the Lord had promised. How beautiful. Now, I've just given you a little bit of of the story of a man of God who who would seek God, who was an instrument of God here on the earth, whether it was with a poor elderly woman or a rich lady, whether it was with people of influence like leaders or whether it was a river in front of him didn't matter what it was he was able to make a difference and let's maybe go through the stories a river that we would be an instrument when people see a river there's no way to cross it they are drowning there seems like god is not there there's no way but We are able to open up that river as we encourage them, as we pray with them, as we tell them what Jesus has done on the cross for them, that they would see God make a pathway in that river. That's what God wants us to be in this earth, that people would see the miracles of God on the earth through us. What about the leaders, people of influence that come? They say, what do we do? The water is bitter. The ground is unproductive. And that we can be people who, are, who pray, people who by faith stand there, people who are encouraging, people who are not speaking like everyone else saying, yes, the land is a mess. Yes, the ground is unproductive. Yes, there's no hope. But that we actually speak life through our words, that as God said, let there be light, we would be the light on the earth, bringing hope, saying, well, then let's pray. Let, it, let us put our faith to this. What about the mocking children? Because there is a lesson in that. You know, I've heard so many times of people who've broken into churches and then they have urinated, or worse, on the altar. And um, I, I really believe that we as parents should start by teaching our children to honor God, to honor the things of God. Um, These young boys did not understand who Elisha was. They did not understand who he represented. And so it's really important that we as instruments on this earth are teaching people faith and honoring the things of God. The poor widow with no hope. The poor widow who had nothing. And it's, it's so easy to say, well, let me give you. But now, what about the next time? And what about the next time? And what about the next time? But when we can say, let's stand together in faith. Let's pray for the miracle of God. Let's trust him that we will see the hand of God move, the supernatural move for provision, that we will trust that what Jesus did on the cross will come through. And then walking that journey and actually seeing the miracles of God, that it becomes a testimony of that person's life. That is what Elisha did. And then the rich woman, you know, it's so interesting. She said, I have everything I need. She did. She had everything she needed. But we can look at people and go, you have everything you need. Every person has something, something they're desperately seeking the Lord for. Maybe no one knows about it, but it's on their heart. 
When we love people, we get them to the cross of Jesus Christ. We get them to a place that they have a relationship with God and can begin to trust God for their healing, for their provision, for the healing of that wound, that that thing in their past that no one knows about, that we would get them to Jesus who will actually heal them and give them what their heart so desperately desires and seeks for. And then what about um, the poison? We have so many people who live under superstition, um, under poison, under fear, and God wants us to release that through flower, through the well-being, through the harmony that people can forgive, that people can trust God and move on knowing that we are an instrument in his hands, every one of us. We don't, you know, we we think if I can get to that person and that person can pray for me, I will get my healing. And there's, the Bible says it is good when we pray together. There is um, good when there is harmony and there's power. But when we get to people to a place where they understand the cross for them, that they can come to God and ask and seek and find and receive what he has. Um, we have built much in a person's life. And then, of course, to have a generous spirit, um, generous faith, where we believe God to, to do much with the little. And you know, I spoke on this message specifically today is because people hear so many stories. There's so much flying around social media. Fear is greater in the world than faith, that people seem to not be applying their faith. Something happens, they react. Something happens, they react. Something happens, they react. Remember how the water came came flooding down desert ground. Impossible. But God makes it possible. How the enemy walked right into the ambush because they thought the water was blood. Impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. That jars of, of empty jars would fill with a little jar of oil over and over and over and over and over again so that she would have provision for the rest of her life with no debt. Impossible. But nothing is impossible for God. A little boy who was dead, dead, got sick and died. And yet the faith and the persistence of, I will not go home unless you come with me. I will not let go until I receive the miracle. I will not give up in prayer until I see the hand of God move in my life. That's how God wants us to be. Sons and daughters, children of God who say, I will not give up. If the word of God says, I am healed. I'm healed. If the word of God says I have been set free, I am set free. If the word of God says God has provided for me, I am provided for. If the word of God says God is with us, God is with us, I have nothing to fear. And so I really want to encourage you in a time that may be unstable, maybe your life seems unstable. Don't look at what you can see. Look at God and be an instrument for him on this earth. And I want to close with this. Let's make a decision today that will bring about a beautiful tomorrow. That decision might mean sacrifice. That decision might mean choosing what you don't feel like choosing. But let's make a decision today that will bring about a beautiful tomorrow and enable us 
to look back at our yesterday with a godly testimony. That's what God wants. That as he is the same yesterday, today and forever, because of us daily being consistent in loving him, in trusting him, in believing him, in walking with him, we will see our future blessed and we will look at yesterday knowing and seeing the hand of God in our lives. really want to encourage you, stand firm, trust him, don't let your faith waver. And when it wavers, go, I think I just had a little wobble. Okay, I need to stand firm again. Just stand firm again. Don't go, I feel so bad. I'm a mess up. I can never get this right. The devil is winning. We're going to our flesh when we do that. No, a victorious person stands up. And uh, I've probably said this before, but the road to success is paved with our fingerprints. I remember hearing that for the first time and thinking, huh? But as I looked at the picture, you walk on that road and it's hard and it's difficult and you fall and you get up. And you walk and you walk and you fall and you get up. And eventually when you look back, you see your fingerprints, but you look at how far you have come because of the grace of God. So I really want to encourage you today, don't be down. God is with us and God has got you. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you, Lord, trusting you with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. And we ask you, Father God, that we would be women of faith. We would be daughters of faith, Lord. I pray that we would trust you with all of our heart, not look at anything that's going on, but that we would trust your word, your promises, that we will be victorious, that your banner of victories over our lives, that your blood and the cross stands forever, forever and for everyone. I thank you, Lord, that you have got us. You have got our families. You've got our descendants. I thank you, Father God, that you've provided a way, that you have given us victory, that you have given us healing. I thank you, Father, that you have made a way where there seems to be no way, that nothing, 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 Lord, is impossible for you. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Like a war of the ages But there's a hero within you Waiting for the chance to be brave So even if you want to give up And your fears scream louder than thunder You are never gonna give up You're not going under What if all of this could make you braver Stronger